Hello, everyone. Well, I'm here with my very good friend, uh, Susana from Guatemala. And uh, we have been friends for quite a few years since we meet at the YACAC conference. And uh, she has a very interesting bio. She is a human resources uh, person. She's been in education for many years. She college councils. Uh, she also works with university admissions institutes. She's an MB. TI and Strong Interest Inventory Certified. She's been a director of corporate affairs. She's been in education for 15 years. She has six plus years of university and career counseling. So imagine all of this is wonderful Susie de Uruela as she introduces herself and she has these fun caps that she wears all the time and it's really created quite a persona which I am fascinated to see. So welcome Susie to uh, my podcast, which is College Advice in Nanoseconds. And I'm very excited to have you here because somebody from Guatemala who knows all of Central America, who's been to more than 200 universities in the United States. So I'm very, very happy to have you here as a guest. Hi, Susie. Hi, hello, Diana. I'm uh, excited and thankful to be here. And uh, thank you for the opportunity you're giving me to, to talk with you and uh, yeah, during this podcast. So I'm enjoying this wonderful time with you. Wonderful. Well, since I've already introduced you, is there anything else you would like to add to the introduction that I you know, might have left out? Uh, no, maybe just uh, how passionate about, uh, I am about the work I do. Um, I think my background uh, is, well, it's a long background. Uh, but it helps me a lot to now to guide students. Uh, in my youngest uh, years, I did many things. My first profession was a ballet dancer, and then I loved studying, and I, I wanted to travel. I wanted to study uh, political science uh, at what point in my life, and then I did that. I didn't finish, and then I moved to France, and then I came back, and <laughs> I, so I did a lot of turns. Um, then I finally came back to Guatemala and I decided to study human resources, which I loved. And then I worked as a human resources director. But those years before, um, you know, finding a stable <laughs> career um, helps me a lot now to guide students because I know what it means to have many interests, to want to do so many things that you feel that you don't have the time to do everything you want to do. Um, so I have all these chapters in my life, which I cherish, uh, but have made me the person I am today. And yeah, I love helping students and I think my background helps me a lot. And I, well, I do love my job. <laughs> Yes, that's very important. And to have such an eclectic background, as you say, is very, very helpful because any student that comes to you with any interest, you've probably already either traveled there or, you know, studied it or, you know, something about it. So, of course, you can help your students, you know, tremendously with, with such a, uh, an incredible and wonderful eclectic background. So, um, what, since this is, we are college counselors and, you know, our audience is students who are going to go into college and their parents. What do you remember most about your college years that you can tell us about? Well, um, my college years, uh, the ones um, I did in, in Guatemala, which were, you know, the, the more the stable ones and where I really graduated as a human resources 
professional. I, re I remember them um, mainly because I felt uh, fully independent, uh, responsible because I was paying for, for my university. So it was no longer my father paying <laughs> my university for me. So I had to work, I had to study. Then um, when I graduated from university, I was already married. So it was all these things, you know, all these responsibilities that made me, I don't know, took it more seriously. Um, and yeah, I think it was the independence, the responsibility, the friends, um, and finding that I was loving it. Um, it took me a few years to realize that I was no longer a, a ballet dancer. So finding a new passion was very important for me. Wonderful. That's, that's, that's what I remember. Wonderful. Yeah, that's important to find passion, as you say, whether it's passion for your work, passion for your studies, very important to do it with that, with that love and dedication and responsibility. That's great. And can you tell us who was or, or your best teacher or teachers and why they were so compelling? Um, well, um, my best teachers have always been the ones that made me work hard, think hard, uh, but they did it in a way that uh, I don't know, I, they, uh, they made me want to learn more and they were always caring, you know, always asking these questions to make me think. And then they, they cared for me. And I, I have a few teachers that I still get in touch with. And they remember me, they remember my name. And that made me uh, realize that they really cared for their students. Even if they were, you know, like the, the ones that made you work the hardest. And Yes, I, I think that's an important point that you're making and that I've heard often people that, that I've interviewed say that their scariest and most demanding teachers were turned out to be their best. So, you know, that is a good, a good advice to the students, you know, okay, you might not like the teacher, they might uh, make you work even triple than any other teacher, they might scare the wits out of you and definitely take advantage of those teachers because look at what, I mean, what you're saying is so important. Yeah, because they, they wanted to take out the best in you. They weren't doing it because so oh, for the wrong reasons. They were doing what they were doing for the right reasons. Yeah, and with point. time, you realize that and you appreciate it even more. Yeah. So now you know, kids and parents, <laughs> we, you know, if you hear your kids saying they have a tough teacher, you say, just sit there and go after them and learn from them. Yeah, Absolutely. Don't do, things, don't do things for your kids. <laughs> let, them, <No. laughs> let them do it by themselves. Yeah. So another question I have for you is, what would you recommend to the incoming first year university students? Okay, um, well, as you, uh, as, as you heard, uh, I visited uh, more than 200 universities. And there's one question I usually ask uh, admission reps, uh, which is, uh, what's the main reason why international students uh, fail or they, do, they don't do as, uh, uh, as they expected? And the number one answer is always time management. Because they finish school, they are at home where their parents sometimes make almost all the decisions for them. And they have like a, these schedules and everything. But then suddenly they go abroad, they go to university, and then they have this free time. Um, they have maybe two or three hours of classes every day. 
but they think, okay, to the, tomorrow I have just one class, so I have the rest of the day free. It's, it's not that. It's for every class uh, or uh, of university class, there's, I, I don't know, sometimes three or four hours of homework. So they do need to uh, have very good time management skills. Um, they need to be um, fully aware of all the opportunities they have there and uh, engage, be open to meet new friends, to learn new things. Universities have clubs, um, so many activities. So yeah, uh, time management and that yep. would be my number one answer. Absolutely, that's what I've heard time and time again, the time uh, management. The other one, the other uh -huh. one, um, sleep. Ah. Because, yeah, I, uh, the, uh, I think it was a year or two years ago, I, I had someone from a university coming uh, to a boot camp I organized and uh, we were talking about how to better, uh, how to prepare better for your university years. And, uh, and she was talking a lot about uh, respecting your sleep hours. Because ah. there's a lot of things to do, a lot of studying, a lot of uh, fun things, experiences. But if you fail to sleep seven, eight hours a day, in the long term, it will uh, work against you because you'll be tired, you, you won't have the grades you expected to have. So yeah, I think that, that was a very interesting uh, uh, thing to, to, to say that sleeping at least seven, eight hours a day, time management, and be open to new opportunities. Oh, that's wonderful. And of course, within your time management, then you have to put in the sleep hours. And it's, it's very true what you say. Your output is not the same if you don't sleep well. Very true. Very true. Very good advice. Excellent. I like that very, very much. So, and what would you say to a graduating class, whether they're uh, graduating from high school or university? Because of course, they're going into, so both, both uh, groups are going into so many changes. Okay, I would tell them that learning never stops. You can have uh, your first uh, uh, diploma and then a second one, a third one or whatever, or you, and learning never stops. Whatever you learn today in maybe a few months, a few years, it's obsolete. So I think uh, one of the, um, one of the, I don't know, the biggest or most important skills is uh, learning, permanent learning, besides communication and well, all these other soft skills. But um, I love learning, I love studying, and I think that has kept me, uh, you know, uh, reinventing myself, learning new things. Uh, and totally relevant. You've stayed totally relevant, which is such an important, you know, thing to do, what, no, no matter if you are going into, into college or you're out of college, you're starting a job. I mean, to definitely learning and staying relevant. Very yes. good point. And nowadays, it's it's amazing, but you can you can be learning and for free. There's no excuse. Before, maybe we had to go to back to university and pay I don't know thousands of uh, dollars to to learn something new or a master's or whatever. But today, there are so many wonderful opportunities. Many are free and many are so cheap. You don't have to go back to university to earn, you know, certifications or so there's no excuse to new learnings and uh, gain 
uh, new career paths and yeah. Yeah, that's, a, that's an important point. I have to say that there's many, many organizations that are very generous you know, with their, their learning, their teaching, their, what they give to the public. And as you say, many, many are free or very inexpensive. Yeah, yeah. very good. No so, <laughs> yeah, no excuse, no excuse. So how do you see education, you know, uh, evolving in the future? Or how would you like to see education evolve? Well, I think this year proved us that we have to change and we have to update ourselves. And um, these online tools have, um, made us uh, work in a different way, reach students in a different way. I think schools are evolving. Well, most schools in the world are fully online now, and then some are, uh, yeah, I don't know how the technical word is, but it's half and half or whatever. Right, right, yeah. yeah. Um, but I think that's gonna be the way we're gonna continue teaching and learning in person is the best way. I, I, yeah, I think it's wonderful to be in person, but sometimes it's not possible. Um, so I think it's a, it will be a constant change, even faster than before. This year proved us. Um, and I think we have to be open to, to new tools, to new ways of learning, to new ways of reaching, especially the youngest. Yes, and, yes. I mean, it's an adventure. I think it's it is. an adventure. <laughs> it is a total adventure. And, and of course, the fact that we are uh, so online now ha has made it possible for many, many people to study that, as you say, maybe couldn't have done it before, you know, or in, in, in Venezuela's particular case, we're totally in lockdown. And if the students couldn't go to university online, they wouldn't go to university, you know, whether it's here or you know, outside of, of Venezuela. So well, that part the same. It's the same. And I think it's an adventure. In, in when you're living an adventure, you fail. And it's okay to fail. <laughs> and it's okay to have uh, successes. But that's part of the adventure. And it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to, you know, to walk two steps and then go back three. And that's the way it is. It's a learning process. But it's part part of what we're living now. Wow, that's fantastic. Love that advice. So what keeps you motivated? Um, okay, um, this is kind of, well, it's not personal, but it's kind of, you know, a thing. Well, um, when I was studying uh, in France, like many years ago, uh, I remember, uh, we didn't have cell phones back then. No. So I remember <laughs> uh, walking and going somewhere and I was in a subway station and I read this graffiti and I don't know, but it's, it's, it's inside me since then. And uh, well, the translation in English is um, to be happy, you need something to do, something to wait for and someone to love. And oh. I don't, I remember, I, it's, it's with me all the time. And every time I, like I'm doing, uh, I'm always doing something, even in you know, a personal or professional or with friends. So I, I think I'm, uh, I'm always on the move. But whenever I feel that I'm, you know, getting stuck in routine or I don't know, sometimes in your life you feel that you're stuck and you don't know what's happening. Like I always go back to this uh, mode or phrase or whatever. So, okay, what am I doing? Uh, am I already thinking on something new, something to improve? And am I sharing this with someone? 
am I helping someone with this? Because love means, um, for me, someone to love means many things. Like uh, I have my religion, I have my husband, I have my kids, I have friends. So it's something to do, something to wait for. And then are you sharing that with someone? So that's wonderful. Know, that's, that's, that, that has kept me going and it's going to be with me for the rest of my life. That's amazing, right? That something like a graffiti so many years ago has been yeah. such a wonderful guide, you know. Yeah. Uh, I don't know who wrote it. I don't know from who is this graffiti, but yeah. Yeah, it's there. Yeah. Tell me about an aha moment. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'll go back, well, around to 2010. After so many years in, uh, in human resources and this thing, I knew I needed to either uh, take, a, I don't know, a new uh, a, a master's in human resources to stay updated or do something around that, that in a way I, I had this feeling that, oh, well, after so many years, do I really want to continue in HR? Like, I said, no, I, I didn't felt, I didn't feel that energy inside me. Like, okay, I've been here for more than 20 years. And oh, okay, so it's, it was either uh, renew myself or reinvent myself. And that was like, you know, this or that. And I chose reinvent myself. Okay, how do I reinvent myself? So um, I took, you know, a, a few, you, those personality tests, that's how I became acquainted with the MBTI. Was, okay, so this is who I am. Uh, these are my strengths. I was already working in education. Um, I said, oh, something with, the, with, with young people. I, I'm not a good teacher, like I'm not a person to be in a classroom with kids. Like I knew I, I was in schools, so that wasn't for me. So I was, you know, all these questions, uh, getting my, uh, to know myself better. And then I remember one day driving in the city and I was riding, uh, and I was driving in front of the U.S. Embassy. That, and that precise moment, I was like, college counseling. I don't know how, but after so many, I was researching, getting my, to, to know myself better. I knew my strengths. I knew I wanted to work with uh, students. And I, I had all these things, you know, flying around me. And then at that precise second, like driving in front of the U.S. Embassy, and I was like, oh, college counseling. And it, and it suddenly made sense. And it was so strong that I had to call my sister. And I said, Sandra, I know what I'm gonna do because she was aware of my inner struggles. And then I came back to my house and I told my husband and I said, okay, this is what I'm gonna do. Now I need to research how. But you know, this, everything made sense. And then I just had to find how to do it. Uh, uh, so I started researching and that's how I be, um, find, found uh, the UCLA College Counseling Certificate. And I uh, enrolled in uh, September 2012. I finished it in 2014. Um, the first course was, you know, the, okay, I'm gonna take the first one. And if I like it, I'll continue. And if I don't like it, I'll continue researching. I took the first one and I did, I loved it and I finished and yeah. And that's how yeah. it happened. But it was a really aha moment. 
<laughs> a definite aha moment and how exciting <laughs> and in front I'm of the, the Amer yeah in front of the american embassy and it, i mean it's like that you know things happen and you just go whammo and it was uh -huh. so clear to you i mean it's yeah. amazing very exciting very exciting wonderful wonderful that really was an aha moment yes. <laughs> so tell me about a um, fascinating book you're reading okay i love historical novels you know um well i i'm kind of disciplined you know um <laughs> i read every day i don't read one or two hours every day i read just a few minutes but every day i read three types of books a professional thing something about learning new about my profession something about well um uh personal growth and the third book i read every day is a good novel <laughs> so that's the trio every day a few minutes okay so what are and you I, reading uh this this week what are you reading the three uh, books right now i'm i'm reading um a book uh, la via de las telas it's a historical novel okay. it's a trilogy and i'm uh, reading the third one now um but uh yeah i historical novel is my thing it, it's amazing for me um and uh, the one i one of the books i loved uh, and I still remember it, and I will always remember it, and I'm uh, planning to read it again, is that it's uh, Gentleman, Gentleman in Moscow uh, by Amor Towels. Um, that book is amazing, the writing, the story. Yeah, it's a, it's a novel that happened during the Russian Revolution, uh, which is uh, one part of the history that I, that, I, that I also like a lot. So if you are looking for a good, a historical novel I suggest you start with that one <laughs> oh, that's was that's wonderful advice and I'll definitely you know get it because I, I love historical novels too and would you like to talk about any upcoming projects that you have well this year <clears throat> I'm still um, getting organized as a fully independent counselor um, so I, I I don't have anything like you know specifically about uh, or a, a specific project. Uh, one thing that just came out is that for a few years I wanted to attend a course at Berkeley, at UC Berkeley, which is a career counseling, specifically specifically for career counseling, but it was an in-person program. Uh, I think it's a, uh, it. it takes eight uh, Sundays or something like that. Or I, it was impossible for me to travel eight times to, to California. But uh, this year they moved uh, that, cor that course to a fully online format. So I, yeah, I took the opportunity. I, I, I'm already enrolled and it, the course will begin uh, in October. So I'm excited about that because uh, I do, uh, I have two programs, the career one and the university uh, counseling. So in, in career, it's very important to be updated in what's going on, the tools, the, uh, you know, the, the, the work, the careers, the labor market, everything. So I think it's, it's going to be a great opportunity for me to continue strengthening that program. Um, and yeah, I, I'm excited that, yeah. That's going to begin next month. Good. That sounds very, very exciting. And so 
to end this interview, is there anything else you would like to add that I might have missed or, you know, you'd like to just add on? Well, no, I want to thank you for this uh, opportunity. And if you let me say something more, I, uh, and if, especially if young people are listening to this podcast, uh, I will, I suggest that you have a plan, think about your future, see yourselves in five years, in 10 years, where you want to get, and then make a simple plan of, about how you're going to get there. You don't have to do a fully strategic plan and plan A, plan B, no. Just have a clear or as much as possible about where you want to go, how, how do you want to see yourselves? Not in 20 years, because no one will know, but maybe five, 10 years. And uh, make a plan and work on that. Um, wake up early, uh, read, uh, do something you love. Even if you're busy with university, school, or whatever, find five, 10 minutes every day to do something that, will, that takes you away from everything. Uh, find a new hobby, a new passion, do something you enjoy, call, call friends. So life is about that. It's not only studying, it's not only your family, it's not only your career. It's, it's a balance between so many things that will help you build a more complete life. So that's, um, maybe I want to finish with, with that message for you. And thank you, Diana, for this wonderful opportunity. Well, thank you. This has been very exciting and I've learned so much and I'm, you know, I'm sure that our, you know, listeners will also take advantage of everything that you have told them because you have so much experience. So, you know, definitely listen to everything that Susie has said. Well, bye-bye Susie and see you soon. Thank you again. Bye. Thank you so much.